You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. We're two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers for over six years doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. Now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into another Mock Draft Monday. We have a ton more fan mocks we're going to get into today, but before we get into that, I just want to thank everyone who is checking out the show for the first time today. We really appreciate you guys checking in with us and all of our loyal fans checking back with us again, so appreciate you guys, and if you don't already, make sure you follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Lockdown Chargers podcast there. So, we're going to start the show by talking about the fact that the Chargers opted out of their voluntary workouts, or at least mostly opted out of their voluntary off-season workouts, which is something we've seen go on throughout the NFL, and the impact of that, especially in the first year of having a new head coach and what that means for the Chargers. And then getting into our full mock draft mania, we have five different mock drafts we're going to be talking about today, including a bunch more new prospects that we haven't got to talk about, of course. So we'll be talking about guys like Trayvon Mayrig. We'll talk about Jalen Mayfield and his chances of being the Chargers left tackle in the second round. We'll also talk about Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. So a bunch of new prospects to get into today and a bunch more mock drafts to break down and grade for you guys. So let's go ahead and get into it. The Chargers were one of the latest teams to decide to skip their voluntary workouts, something that we've seen Many NFL teams do already, including teams like the Broncos and the Raiders have already done it. So a lot of teams, especially given the uncertainty of the COVID protocols and things like that going on in training camps, these people are basically saying, hey, we would rather stay where we're at. We'd rather do what we're doing right now. We did it last year. We did virtual off-season workouts, and the play did not get affected on the field. And this is not really a surprise, David. I mean, it seemed like it was only a matter of time. But I did think, obviously, there was one thing that you pointed out to me that I thought, okay, well, maybe it's not everybody. Yeah, one thing I saw in the statement that they put out was that you know many on our team have made the decision not to attend. So that kind of alludes that maybe some of these people are going to come into the team facilities and they are going to practice. Are, is it going to be uh, some or is it going to be all or none? So that's the one thing I will kind of will be monitoring a little bit is, hey, are some of these guys even going to be able to go to the facility and, and work out if they want to? Or, or is it just all or none situation? But I mean, it, it makes sense that they would make make the decision to stay virtual. They get to stay home. They get to be with their families. They get to stay on their same regiments. I mean, stay in the, the comfort of their own home while maintaining the fact that they are going to stay healthy but this is the way of the world I mean the NFL landscape I think no matter what the pandemic or you know how long it continues I think some of these things that they had to adopt in response to the pandemic I think they're going to keep and a lot of that uh, I think is going to be centered around the the video conferencing and the virtual offseason Daniel. Yeah, and I think I've seen before that they do have their facilities open for players to come in and work out even as early as right now. So that will be an option. And like me and you were talking about before the show, I mean, if you're a guy that feels like you're kind of at the end of the roster and could be fighting for your roster spot, I mean, COVID or not, there's guys that are going to want to make the decision 
to be out there and put their best foot forward. But right, it's voluntary, that, but for them, it doesn't feel like it's voluntary. Right, and the thing this does, though, is it doesn't really single anyone out. I mean, if there's voluntary workouts and everybody's there except for three guys, that obviously looks worse on those three guys, even though it's quote-unquote voluntary. But for the Chargers specifically, this brings up some conundrums because last year they did have a new quarterback, but he was not playing to start. You had second-year Chargers quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, who was the veteran that was going to start with Justin Herbert sitting on the bench. Justin Herbert had his, you know, condensed, abbreviated offseason with all of these protocols and ended up playing fine. But it still does bring up some unique challenges specifically for the Chargers just because you have a new head coach. You have a new offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator. I mean, this was a full cleaning of the house, right? I mean, they fully wiped out the shelves of all of the Chargers coaches for the most part. And it's all new guys so even the returning players from the Chargers, like Justin Herbert and Kenneth Murray, who are all trying to make a you know big leap going into their second year, they have entirely new things that they have to learn. And now it seems like they'll be doing a little bit less on the field, which although you might think, yes, they're adapting, they're getting better, they're finding ways to do things, you know, virtually it still has to have some effect, especially for a, a team with a new head coach. Yeah, I mean, a team with a new head coach who is also the new defensive coordinator who's going to install a completely new defense, an offensive coordinator that's new is going to install a completely new offense that's going to be the Chargers offense if you listen to Brandon Staley talk. Uh, I mean, special teams coordinator who obviously has a lot of overhaul to do with one of the worst special teams units in history. Uh, So, I mean, it just seems like at this point, the Chargers need as much time on the field with their players as possible to to install those new offenses and the, those new defenses, those new plays on special teams, and build that chemistry to where they feel comfortable and also learn the language. I mean, all the, the different ways that they're going to install. And you know that Brandon Staley wants to deploy a lot of different packages on offense and defense, so there's going to be a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that these players have to pick up. But, I mean, it's a fine line, Daniel. You have to straddle between trying to install install all this and get these guys on the field and also consider player safety and try to keep these guys healthy and away from COVID as much as possible. I mean, there's just a lot of variables in play and especially with the Chargers with so much that they need to get done. And this is not like they were going to be installing a ton of things right now before they end up getting, you know, their rookies in the draft and undrafted for agents, things like that. I mean, getting into the playbooks, those type of things and other things that Brandon Saley has talked about before, how, you know, He gave Jalen Ramsey, you know, a clip of 50 plays that he liked, didn't like, needed to improve on. Like, they were doing that work, sending it to him and kind of giving him notes that way and letting him go through that. So I do think this coaching staff, at least the way they've talked about it so far, seems like they'd be uniquely capable of being able to set up, you know, little homework packets, things like that, to help these guys start getting ingratiated into the offense and defense. Too. I mean, he said that he created video clips, right? And he sent them out uh, to all of his special teams players about what they were going to learn. I mean, in training camp, I mean, that's just utilizing the technology being tech forward and using all the things at your disposal, given the pandemic, to try to get your stuff out there and get that stuff in front of players' eyes. I think you have to be innovative, and it seems like this coaching staff is definitely capable of doing that. Yeah, I mean, at least they have to kind of live up to their own hype, right? They have to live up to the expectations that they've set for themselves in that department. And at least, you know, you feel like you're getting the guy who's kind of younger, not stuck in his ways, doesn't need the guys to go through Oklahoma drills to get results from it, right? I mean, I think this is kind of a young and up and coming staff that the Chargers have put together for the most part. And let's also think about the actual defensive coordinator in title, Ronaldo Hill 
who's going into his first season as a defensive coordinator. Yes, Brandon Staley plans on calling the plays, but this is going to be a guy who's going to be instrumental in installing what Brandon Staley wants to do, and he's going into his first season doing it without the luxuries that maybe some other coaches were afforded in the past. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they kind of navigate through these waters because we saw how they did it last year, and the Chargers were pretty tidy in those regards. They were pretty safe. They had you know like the least amount of COVID cases in the NFL leading up to the season and in the offseason. They just had the one Seth Ryan false positive or whatever. But they were actually really good about that and the way they had everything set up. So I think that they will be able to kind of re- replicate that a little bit. And I think that this coaching staff is going to have its work cut out for them on trying to figure out how they're going to install these new offenses and defenses with a little bit less time. But we do have two more segments to get into because it is Mock Draft Monday 10.0. We're going to get into more of your guys' fan mocks coming up right after this and talk about some guys like Jalen Phillips, Sam Cosme. In the next segment, we'll also be getting into guys like Trevor Mayrig and much more coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or a simply beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. When I looked at these, Michelle Fantacci's ring stood out to me the most as one that I'd buy as a gift. It's a conversation piece, so unique and so cool. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. I also need to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. Lately, the thing I've been betting on the most is the NFL future bets that they have going on right now, especially regarding the draft. You can bet on so many different things about the draft right now and where guys are going to be selected, over-unders on pick selections, and also just NFL future bets about Larry Fitzgerald retiring, Alex Smith finding a new team before the season starts. So much to bet with only at betonline.ag. Plus, there's a ton of other sports you can even get into baseball or basketball or hockey right now all those sports are heating up and they have the best odds that you're going to find only at betonline.ag all you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a free 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on that's promo code locked on all caps one word at betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts all right guys well i want to get into these fan mocks because i mean like i've told you guys before you guys sent in so many for us to talk about that it's going to take us a little bit of time to get through them but we're steadily chopping away at them we're getting to a lot and getting into new prospects that we haven't gotten to talk about which is something that we appreciate before we get into that the lockdown podcast network is covering the nfl draft from all angles so catch up on the ultimate mock draft 2021 podcast presented by odyssey follow lockdown nfl draft and the draft dudes podcast for the latest draft news and stay tuned for more info about our live day one draft coverage so for the first mock draft i want to get into here and we've just been trying to go through as many as we can chronologically from when you guys ended up sending them in but this one has two mock drafts for us to discuss it's a trade down situation and one where they stayed put and just took the picks that the chargers had so this is from Daniel Tabalt. He has 13th overall being Panay Sewell, which is obviously a home run pick. That's unlikely there. 
47, he has Asante Samuel Jr. 77 in the third round, he has Javon Holland. And with the second of the third round picks at 97, he has Tommy Tremble, another guy we're a big fan of. Then he also has the trade down scenario. So in the trade down, he goes from 13 to 19. He gets Samuel Cosme at 19, which he'll definitely be there. I mean, I don't know if he would be my choice there, but he also gets 40 at 47, Jalen Phillips, a guy many people will be a first round pick. So, I mean, you know, as you see it, yes, that's a great value there. At 51, he comes back and gets Asante Samuel Jr., the extra pick he picked up. 77, he goes Quinn Miners, the interior offensive lineman from Wisconsin Whitewater. And then 97th overall, he gets Tommy Tremble. So two drafts that have Tommy Tremble, I mean, that's a great start. But let's look at these, you know, and break these down. Because first of all, I mean, you're not going to get Panay Sewell and you're probably not going to get Jalen Phillips in the second round. So, I mean, we'll have to suspend disbelief a little bit here, David, but just... As you look at it, and one, you end up getting, you know, a decent tackle prospect in the first round, even if it's a reach at 19, but you get incredible value at 47 with Jalen Phillips, who is my number one edge rusher in this class the way I see it right now. So which of these two scenarios did you like better from these two mocks? I mean, how could you not like the first one? I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Getting Sewell at 13, Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round, Javon Holland and Tommy Tremble. I mean, that's an absolute home run. That's a grand slam. There's no other way to explain it. I mean, you're addressing multiple needs with impact guys that you that we've seen on tape that we truly believe in. I mean, obviously, Sewell is a generational talent. Asante Samuel Jr. can do so much on the defensive side. He's a great tackler. Javon Holland, same thing. You know, so multiple. Tommy Trimble is just a nasty blocker, just a guy who you want to have in a fight. You want If you get into a fight at a bar, you want Tommy Trimble to be there because, you know, he's going to be mowing some people down. But um, more realistically, um, the second draft, Sam Cosme, I mean, solid at 19. It's definitely a reach for me. He's a second-round guy for me. I like Sam Cosme. I think he's very athletic, but he's still kind of raw. So at 19, I think that's a huge reach. Um, Quinn Miners, I mean, the, 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 the love of the draft, right, a guy who's just – flown up draft boards after people getting to know his personality and seeing uh, what he did to the senior bowl and then you know in his pro days have been very impressive so I like Quinn Miners but I mean evaluating these two drafts Daniel I mean I don't think there's really a question as to which one is the best it's clearly the first one yeah I mean that would be a dream scenario for sure to get the best offensive lineman to get a guy you feel you know is a top four or five corner and I would have a chance to start right away. I mean, Javon Holland, that's a guy we've been pretty high on. Yeah, I don't think it can get much better than that, even though it's not realistic at all. But you understand, you know, you trade in, you get an extra pick, you fill an extra need in the second one with an edge defender. It's just the overall quality of the guys in the first one I think I like a little bit more. Plus, Quinn Miners, I mean, I love him, especially for a small school guy. Either way, I would rather have Javon Holland, I think, at 77, a guy who has a little bit more proven production even after opting out, and a guy that fits more of a need as we see it right now. But let's get into another one here. This one is from the Zappas, who has Kyle Pitts fall to them at the 13th overall pick. They follow that up by getting another guy that probably won't be there, and Trayvon Merig, the TCU safety that is, you know, by many people's account, the best safety in the draft. And with the third round pick, 77th overall, they take Jackson Carmen, the tackle from Clemson, tackle slash guard, I would say. And then they come around at 97 and get Peyton Turner. So this is, David, a couple guys we haven't really talked about, especially Trayvon Mayrig, Jackson Carmen. we haven't really talked about. Two guys that, you know, would make sense for the Chargers given their needs. Mayrig, I don't think, will be there at 47. Richie Grant probably has a better chance to get there at 47, but both of those guys are pretty close 
at least the way I see it. And then in this, you get a really good safety. You get a guy in the third round, Jackson Carmen, who's probably more of a guard at the next level. But the biggest thing is, is I don't know if you addressed the tackle position in this mock, even with Carmen, who I don't necessarily think is a tackle. And I also don't think you address the cornerback position because you didn't get one here. Those are two positions that have to be addressed with those top 100 picks that the Chargers are going to have come draft time. You you have to get those guys. I mean, they're they're two glaring needs, glaring holes. If you listen to Brandon Staley, I mean, left tackle, obviously it just has to be addressed. I mean, and yes, I I agree with you as far as Jackson Carmen. He definitely projects more as a guard. Uh, He's a a nasty finisher. I love his attitude. I think he's Mm -hmm. got some good strength. He's got a good anchor. Um, I think that he struggles with speed um, and speed to power type rushers. Um, and I, I, I would agree he definitely projects better as a guard. I just that nastiness struggles with space. I think he, he does have a little bit of issues with that. If you put him on the inside where he's got help, he's got a center and he's got a tackle on both sides. I think that minimizes the issues with, you know, that he has in space and allows him just just bring that nasty attitude on a down by down basis. So Jackson Carmen, I like the attitude. I, I like the profile, but he's not a tackle in the NFL. He definitely looks like more of a guard, a guy that I think people project as a guard. And if somebody takes him, I would suspect that they are expecting him to play guard in the NFL. As far as Trayvon Mayrig, exciting player. I mean, 124 tackles in his career, four and a half for loss, seven interceptions. He's a guy who's going to get his hands on the football. He has good feel, good awareness out there. Uh, He's a very willing tackler. I think he takes some inconsistent angles from time to time. And he, he does, and he has bit on the double moves a couple of times, but I like his processing ability with play action. I think he's able to diagnose that and he's able to stay home on, on those plays. So Trayvon Mayrig, a very, very good player. I mean, overall evaluating the draft, you don't get a corner, you don't get a tackle. I mean, I said before, those are two positions you have to take, but um, I love Trayvon Mayrig. I mean, he's, there's definitely some things to get excited about. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're both guys that liked Peyton Turner a lot, too. And then as far as Kyle Pitts goes, I mean, I heard Daniel Jeremiah on the Pat McAfee show say that there is one player you'd beg to go to the Hall of Fame, or at least the most likely to go to the Hall of Fame out of this draft class. It would be Kyle Pitts, just because he's that good of a prospect. So it's hard to, you know, argue too much about getting, you know, maybe the best offensive player in the draft class at 13, even though he wouldn't be a position of need he'd probably quite clearly be the best player available at that point. So if you're sticking to that, you're taking Kyle Pitts there. I get it. Trayvon Mayrig, I mean, yeah, getting through traffic, finding the ball carrier a little bit, at least taking those angles, guys would get the edge. He would, you know, have a couple of guys running around in front of him, didn't seem to be able to kind of sift through that and still make plays before the guy was, you know, too far away to be tackled. But the playmaking ability, the range on the back end, I mean, so many things to like from him. So I definitely understand why you made the picks that you did. And I understand, you know, trying to take a flyer on Jackson Carmen. Hey, maybe he becomes a left tackle. I just don't necessarily see it. But the good news is we still have two more fan mocks to get into. And in the next segment, we're going to be talking about some other prospects we haven't really got to talk about. We'll talk about Jalen Mayfield, the offensive tackle, potentially in the second round for the Chargers. We'll also talk about J2 Feely. And then one fan mock gave us Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa as the 13th overall pick. So we'll have to get into that coming up right after this. But first thing I need to tell you guys about Built Bar, the best protein bar in the world. I know I'm always talking about Built Bar to you guys. You know I love them. My fiance loves them. David loves them. I mean, everybody that I've turned onto Built Bar says like them. And I think a lot of that has to do with the great flavors that they have. 
whether it's caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, coconut brownie chunk. There's so many different varieties of built bars you can get in so many different flavors that it never gets stale and never gets boring. And they're delicious and they're, you know, all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. The other great thing about built bar too is it's not just going to taste like you're eating a dessert, but it's also great for the health conscious guy. And you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are all low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And we can even save you guys some money. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% of your next order. doesn't have to be your first order. It just has to be your next order. Any order at BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, guys. Well, as you know, the NFL draft is rapidly approaching, so we're going to get into a couple more fan mocks from you guys. You guys all did a really good job. And you all, you know, spread out the players. You all picked a lot of different players. You know, we didn't get a ton of repeats in our fan mocks that you guys sent in. But if you guys are into the draft, obviously the best thing for you guys to do is to go to the ultimate Locked On NFL mock draft. Because today through the 26th, listen to the ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. Featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockhamfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Search Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey is your audio home for all sports podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. All right, well, let's get into the rest of these mocks here that we have to get into. Bussa Jess, who comes in with a mock draft where he has Jamar Chase fall to him at 13. I guess today's maybe the... Uh, Mock drafts of guys that probably aren't going to fall to the Chargers at 13. But there's a lot of different ways to look at the draft. And there's always guys who fall at the draft that you don't think are going to fall. So you get a number one wide receiver there. And then in the second round, you get Jalen Mayfield. And then like, you know, Jackson Carmen, not a guy I'd be excited about at the tackle position. Not a guy I have ranked as a tackle. I mean, I'd rather go Brady Christensen. Rather go Dylan Radins. I'd rather go, you know, Sam Cosme. Even Liam Eikenberg, there's a lot of guys I would rather have than Jalen Mayfield. Then you come back with some defensive line help and get Peyton Turner on the edge and also Jay Tufili, the interior defensive lineman for USC. So, David, when you looked at this one, obviously a lot of different players than we're used to seeing in Chargers mocks. What did you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I, I like the fact that I get to look at some guys that I haven't really seen or wasn't really on my radar yet. So, you know, putting on the tape, looking at Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan, I mean, obviously big guy, six foot five, three twenty. I think he has a pretty strong base. I don't really see him get overpowered too much. I think he recovers decently when he's beaten. Um, he's pretty solid and steady. I mean, he's not a guy that flashes or does anything, you know, very, you know, excellently or above average, I would say. Yeah. He's just a steady player. I mean, he's not excellent in space, um, and he only has one year of starting experience, too. So that's another thing that, you know, teams are going to really, you know— Teams are going to evaluate that and keep that in, in mind at the next level. And then you look at Jay Tufili out of USC. I actually uh, I enjoyed watching Jay Tufili for the most part. 6'3", 315. I uh, thought he uh, provides a pretty decent pass rush up the middle. He has a good first step. I think he has a nice hand swipe. Um, he utilizes good leverage. You know, he stays low. He definitely uh, gets double teamed a lot. And and one of the things I saw consistently for him from him was his ability to shed blockers and get the ball carrier. That's probably his best attribute um, on the defensive line. I mean, that's something that he's going to do. I mean, that's his primary job. 
But this is a guy who can pr- provide some pass rushes as well and a little bit versatile. They moved him all over the, over the defensive line. I saw him play some end. Yeah, I mean, a pretty solid guy. He needs to be more more mindful of the roughing the passer penalties, though. I saw that a little bit too much on his tape. I mean, he's getting to the quarterback, which is great from an interior defensive lineman, but you got to be smarter. I mean, uh, one thing also, I mean, before I, I move off of him is he's pretty smart. He's able to read the screen. I saw him, you know, not get caught. You know, he was able to stop, freeze, and, and go chase after the ball carrier and bring him to the ground a couple of different times. So Jay Tefili is a solid defensive lineman. I, I, I wouldn't mind this pick. Yeah, I liked what I saw from him too. I know it's not a great defensive line class, not a super deep defensive line class, but out of the guys that I watch, I like Tefili. And just to get to the first pick here, I mean, Jamar Chase, I'm not even going to argue with it. I mean, you can have the debate around, you know, whether you want a wide receiver at 13 And just as far as this mock goes, I mean, if you get a wide receiver at 13, I know you're trying to fill the left tackle position with Jalen Mayfield, but that's a big ask for me for someone that I don't necessarily think, especially here, one could go out and play left tackle for the Chargers, or if he can even play tackle at all. I'd be interested to see what he could do on the inside. He was a right tackle, too, at Michigan a little while. So, I mean, there's a lot to like there, I think, but not anything that made me think, hey, this is the guy that you want protecting Justin Herbert's blindside. But with Jamar Chase, I mean, such a talented wide receiver, probably the best wide receiver in this draft class. I mean, we haven't seen him since the 2019 season. And Devontae Smith would obviously have something to say about that. But as far as overall athleticism, as far as, you know, the last time we saw him being the best wide receiver in an offense that had, you know, Terrace Marshall, Justin Jefferson, just to name a couple of guys. I mean, Jamar Chase would be an awesome addition, but to only get... He's a monster. That's the end of the conversation. And I like the Peyton Turner pick. I like the J2 Feely pick just as far as value getting those guys where you're getting them. But still, you don't have a corner in this. You don't have a certified offensive tackle in this that you know most people aren't trying to push into guard. So those would be my biggest issues with this mock specifically. But let's get to the next one here because this one was definitely out of left field. We have Kresley who sent us his mock draft and at 13... He has the explosive linebacker, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Super versatile player, super splashy player. Can be a little bit undisciplined because he's, you know, so explosive and wants to beat people to the play and make sure he makes plays in the backfield and things like that. But a linebacker in the first round for the Chargers is something I think is probably not going to happen, I would say. But, I mean, just, you know, in a vacuum, I really like his game. I like him as a player. 13th overall. I don't know if I'm buying into that. Second round, you have Brady Christensen, who I like as a second-round tackle prospect. Some people think he's a third-round prospect. He is going to be 25, I think, when the season ends up starting. He's 24 going on 25 right now because he did a mission going into BYU before that. So definitely a matured player. You don't know how much room for growth there is, but a guy I like. And then Paul Adebo in the third round at 77. and the second, third-round pick, you get Peyton Turner. And you know we're a fan of that. So, David, what did you think about this mock? Yeah, I mean, pretty solid besides the first-round pick. I mean, Jeremiah Wusukaramoa, explosive quickness. I mean, good at rushing the passer, but he easily gets blocked out of plays because he's just too small. He's 216. He has excellent. He's excellent in coverage. I mean, he covers out of the slot. I mean, you can feel pretty comfortable with him covering all over the field. But my point with this is that he feels more like a DB to me, to be honest. When I was watching him, he seems more like a defensive back than a linebacker, and it would be um, interesting for me to see if maybe they tr- – try to transition him to 
a defensive back in the NFL instead of like playing a safety him. potentially. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like moving him to safety in the NFL. Cause it just seems to me when I'm watching the tape, that's what he closely resembles to me. I mean, a great player, definitely a guy I can see making an impact, but at 13, I think it's a gigantic reach and also not at a position of need. So that that's kind of my feeling on that. But looking at the rest of, of the draft class, getting Brady Christensen, I think he's a solid tackle. I, I wouldn't mind that a Paulson Debo, uh, is also a good player. Peyton Turner, I love Peyton Turner. I love the size and the explosiveness on on the outside as a defensive end. So as a whole, I think it's a pretty solid uh, draft class. I mean, just the, the first round pick for me is what kind of throws me off a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think that part of it I like about this is at least, you know, he went kind of off the wall in the first round taking a linebacker slash safety slash hybrid defensive piece, right? He's kind of like, you know, Isaiah Simmons light or something like that. Absolutely. Where he doesn't have like a... Real position because he does look at it as a blitzer, you know, but having him meet, you know, linemen in the hole and stun them and, you know, shed not them and make tackles is not something that was one of his strengths. And, you know, over pursuing things like that are something he struggled with a little bit, too. But at least in the second round, you go address the tackle position. You get decent value there. Third round, you get good value bringing in Paulson Adebo. You still went and tried to fill those needs, right, even though you ended up going off the wall in the first round. So I definitely can appreciate that and i appreciate all of your guys's mock drafts that you sent into us i thought you guys did a really good job and we still have so many guys we haven't even got to get into but we are going to be getting into a bunch of guys on tomorrow's show with the draft network's jordan reed bringing in our first draft expert of the season jordan reed was on the show last year and got us excited about justin herbert and now he's going to come on tomorrow's show and get us excited about guys like asante samuel jr Get us excited about Christian Darisaw, who's been a little polarizing on Chargers Twitter. So tomorrow we will have a Jordan Reed interview for you guys that I think you guys are going to love. And then also later in the week, we're going to have the safety from San Diego State, Tariq Thompson, join the show with us and get into him, you know, about talking with the Chargers and how he thinks he projects at the next level as well. So make sure you guys check back in with us for that. Once again, we appreciate all of the fan mocks. Until tomorrow, guys, make sure if you don't already to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. You can like the Facebook page at Locked On Chargers and also find our new Instagram page at Locked On Chargers as well. Also, guys, make sure that you follow the show to make sure you get the daily format of the show. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can follow us there, whether it's the new Odyssey app, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast from, you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. If you guys want to get your voicemails on the show, the voicemail line is 323 323- 524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But a bunch of very Charger-specific draft questions tomorrow, guys, on the show with the Draft Network's Jordan Reed. So make sure to check back in with us then. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.